The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a momentwithmorris.com and blackblueprints.com. That's blackblueprints with a Z.com. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Life is life. Bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Is where we get together and talk about everything happening out here in the life, happening out here in the streets, happening out here in the struggle. In this cold, cold summer that we have so far. It is a cruel summer. Uh, coming at you, this is episode 29. 40 coming at you real soon. 29, what's that, Eric Dickerson? Yeah, it's Eric Dickerson. Yeah, that's, that's not too many 29s. Nah, that's what it, was, uh, it took me a second. Yeah, 29, <laughs> May 29th, my birthday. It's another 29. There you go. There you go. What'd you turn, 29 this last May? Shit, I've been on 30 for like <laughs> the last 5, 10 years. Oh, okay. 30 the sequel. You already know, just like Jaws, that's Freddy, Jason, <laughs> all uh, them sequels. A lot of stuff been going on. We are coming off of the 4th of July, the yeah. uh, nation's... Celebration of Independence. Let's get it clear before we get into it. Negroes have to understand that the nation truly was independent on that day, but your ass wasn't. You were still booked in the slave penitentiary plantation program. And when Negroes go into their flip and they do die about how America it's free and I got my freedom. I'm saying, Negro, please, that wasn't you. That was them. And what Negroes have to also understand, you was not even consider a human being at that particular time. And when people get all aggy about being so, um, I love my country, I love America. When black folk is like, eh, I don't know about that. They make it seem as if we have no right, no reason to say I object to celebrating the 4th of July. And also you have Negroes who get so mad and say, well, what do you celebrate? Can I just live? Can I get a rib? It gets to the point that you Negroes won't celebrate Juneteenth, but you celebrate July 4th. What kind of sense does that make? Yeah, if you are somebody, I think uh, the Chris Rock joke was set up. We talk about the different views that black people have of America versus white people. Yeah. That uh, black people view America as like that uncle that paid for you to go to college, mm-hmm. but he molested you. Yeah. Like there's some opportunity that you get from from the United States, but it came it came at a price. Uh, and and I look at for the people who say that, you know, they want to go out there and get their picnic on and, and get their fireworks, their sparkler and get their rib plate. Uh, I kind of leave them alone. I look at them as the same people that I, that to me is like if you celebrate Chinese New Year. Yeah. Or, or if you celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. If, if, if you do that, then, I, you know, whatever. I, to I just, me, it's, it's, it's almost like being told exactly what to do and in this country, for most people's life, we need a sense of direction. There's not yeah. that many individuals that just wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to direct myself. Self-starters. That's, and uh, stuff, yeah. No, that's why you have a lot of people still working jobs or quote unquote trying to be entrepreneurs but never have the right angle because they don't really know how they want to structure themselves and then the structure of being an entrepreneur it sometimes takes discipline and it sometimes takes you to say things like the 4th of July I'm not doing it so if you are saying I'm celebrating family then why do you do it always on the holidays that the European has set up why aren't you doing it on July 9th 
Why aren't you doing it uh, July 15th? Why aren't you celebrating family December 15th? It's because someone has given you a direction and said, 4th of July, this is Independence Day. You go to Old Navy, you get your slippers. You go to Old Navy, you get your tank top. You go to Old Navy, and you get your shorts, red, white, and blue, all colored up with the flag. Yeah. And you go and have those cheap fireworks. Some of y'all will spend so much money on uh, the more extravagant fireworks, and you, you light them up, and you're celebrating something that has nothing to do with you. Yeah, like I said, that's why I, I put it right there with Chinese New Year. If you're saying that this is what I'm going to get out and celebrate and I'm going to go out and get my firecrackers and all that, I just kind of look at folks for, for and say whatever. Yeah, because I, um, I don't want to hear about we're doing it for family again. Why is it always the date of what your oppressor says you have to follow and you have to run with? Yeah, only if it's – and it's not even an argument for it because you just got the day off anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I thank but, goodness for the day off. Ooh, yeah, it's yeah, and, and I mean, so a lot of stuff is going on. So it, the the holiday itself is supposed to be an acknowledgement of you know freedom for the nation and the nation declaring its independence and its own sovereignty and more or less saying its ability to do what it wants to do. But the Negro wasn't independent. No, I get that, but I, I I'm saying that to say when you say that you're independent and then you say that you're free. And you say that you this is your opportunity to do what you want to do uh, without any type of restraint, without any type of fence around the yard. All kinds of things can happen. Yeah, because we have reached a, a point now as a society where everybody feels like if it feels good, do it. Oh, uh, I'm grown. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do what I want to do. Uh, stop me. <laughs> you know, whatever uh, the, the mentality is. And we've got a lot of reckless behavior that's going on out here in the streets that is becoming extremely detrimental to all of us all the time. You know, if you look at, you know, as as well as there was, you know, the economy was boosted to the sale of uh, clothes and food and all that. And a lot of the firework stands, wherever you were, America, a lot of them were put on by different charities and, and different groups. <laughs> Uh, and so they made their money. Uh, but something that was prevalent throughout the entire nation, regardless of where you live, was the violence. Violence was prevalent across the nation. That's not a, a southern thing. That's not an East Coast thing, a West Coast thing. Uh, Chicago gets is, is the poster child for gun violence nowadays. That's the everybody's go to when they address the violence and the mass shootings out there. It was a uh, hundred and two shot, 15 dead over the 4th of July, like we're not even talking about over the weekend, we're literally the 24 hour time period. Uh, but the, and didn't didn't Donald Trump like bring his the military president down there? Yeah. And, and and keep it real. If you've never been, the, the shootings were on the south side and the west side of Chicago. We're not talking about geographically a huge area. No. It's a bunch of people on top of each other and without opportunity and with access to violence access to guns they had the issue where police officers uh quote unquote lost a truck full of guns they don't want to talk about that on the news i don't know if you heard about that one where law enforcement had a truck full of firearms with the engine running and happened to walk away from the car and the car ended up stolen you don't hear about that too often Nah, you don't 
And, and so when we talk about all the things that go on amongst the, uh, this nation, the violence has become an extreme epidemic. And it's not something that you're going to blame one city on for one reason. Because when you tell it, people uh, this mentality of you can do what you want, I'm free to do whatever I want. Uh, all we're having now is a bunch of real world uh, application to what America was started under. Yeah, violence. America was based on the... Uh, I'm going to take this from you. Yeah. Stop me. Uh, bloodshed, exploitation and violence yeah. and a bunch of ruck shop behavior. And whoever got in the way got rolled up. Under. Organized chaos. I mean, when you look at it. And we just want to just cement it on the violence piece right now. Just let's let's laminate it right quick. Sacramento, where we we live currently, we reside here in Sacramento, the capital of California, home of KJ, the pervert, and the place where Mr. Schwarzenegger came down and did his thing, right? In the capital here. You have a situation where our great mayor, Steinberg, had his peace walk. I showed up thinking the narrative was going to be totally different and it was exactly what I believed it was going to be, but I had some hope so no one can ever say I don't try to be a team player. After a few minutes, I said, I got to get the hell up out of here because this is just not my flavor. It seems like it was a trend that there was this push to say we are going to bring more police um, outside officers to these communities because in the community where we did the Peace Walk, Oak Park, there's been a lot of shootings. Yeah. And I don't believe that it was certain community uh, neighbors that really don't get to be heard as often that were calling about the shootings. I definitely believe it was the counterparts. I got in trouble with saying counterparts on my Facebook, but that's another thing that we'll talk about later. So it seems like it was a trend that there was all of this reinforcement, but it really didn't reinforce shit. But what it did do, I saw a big trend that it really focused on getting a lot of the illegal fireworks. I saw illegal firework busts all across the board. Yeah, it like, was like, like you were moving that, heroin. Oh, it was, man, it was, it was, everywhere. It, it was crazy. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I understand the danger of. But don't you think it would have been a little bit more, I, I feel, long-term better to focus on getting those firearms, those illegal firearms from some of these kids or some of these guys that have no business even holding it because they don't know what they're doing and all they want to do is have that tool in their hand to create mass destruction yeah. and mass chaos in a community. I would have love to see that kind of urgency for what we are going to currently continue to have as I'll discuss my story a little bit later what I had to go deal with on the 4th of July but just in the terms of looking at how significant all these busts were all across the board for fireworks and how they don't even take the time to even try to even navigate to figure out the the you just said there were some guns that got lost in Chicago. You ain't try to find them. 
there was stores that have gotten ripped and hit here locally in Sacramento on the outskirts or inside. You're not trying to find those guns. But when the fireworks came out, people was getting busted left and right, man. If if you're not familiar with the geography, because I know we're in Sacramento, but you can hear this anywhere. California has a real issue when it pertains to fires. We have a lot of we drought every decade. We burn. Uh, and so we get a lot of dry brush. Contrary to what you may see in movies or TV, the state of California is an agricultural state. Hmm. Most people think of when they think of California, they think of L.A., San Diego, San Francisco, Oakland. They look at those particular cities and think that's it. The bulk of the state is farmland. If you drive up the coast, it's, it's nothing. It's, it's just a lot of open brush. And so we have a real issue with forest fires here. Uh, by Placer, all that stuff. Every year you'll hear about you know, 30,000, 40,000 acres catching fire. Why I say that is to say this, is that the reason why there's such a need to get fireworks as opposed to firearms is money. <laughs> when these illegal fireworks, and what that means in California, is anything that leaves the ground. So if it's the old bottle rockets, anything that shoots up into the air, uh, those are considered illegal because of where they come down. Yeah. And so they come down in dry brush and fields and all that stuff, and they set stuff on fire. Well, why that's important is, is because that costs the state millions upon millions of dollars through illegal fireworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens when you have illegal firearms is that it costs you human lives. And in this nation, in this capitalist society, the way that this country is built, property trumps lives. You know, losing, you know, X amount of thousands of acres to to brush and uh, strawberry fields going up or, uh, you know, whatever that they're trying to grow catches fire. That offsets the economy for the entire state and in ways the nation. And so that is something that they came after, like like Noriega trying to move hair on over the border or something, you know. Uh, what's his name? Chapo. You, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you thought yeah. that it was it was just something crazy. Now nah, they realize the dollar value that comes every summer from illegal fireworks, and so they came after them. And when you talk about the external forces, Oak Park specifically here in Sacramento, they brought in uh, thirty officers for the for the four day weekend. Yes, Monday did. technically wasn't a holiday, but it was for most people. And in that, the thirty officers they brought in were SWAT and gang enforcement agents. Yes, they did. Why that's important is because it's the same issue that they had in Chicago, which is the same issue they had in a lot of major cities. When you bring those specific types of groups in, there's a certain degree of aggression that they're used to working with. These are not meter maids. They're not doing parking tickets. They're not. Every person they deal with, hand is on, on the holster. You know, they're dealing with real world scenarios. Yeah. SWAT does not train for the right parking tickets. No. So every person they deal with, it's that or degree of competency. And exactly, like that. it's that degree of of heightened, you know, stuff can pop off, and it just doesn't bring, it doesn't squelch violence. No, you know, it, it doesn't bring these things down. It, and what I think was important to say something about as we address these things that have been going on across the nation is is that violence is a real problem in this country, and protecting our our loved ones, protecting our our grandparents, our elders. Our parents, ourselves, our babies is not happening across the nation from coast to coast. There was countless reports of uh, North Carolina and, and Hamlet. They canceled all their Fourth of July issues, all their Fourth of July celebrations 
for fear of, of gang violence that these threats kept escalating that there was going to be an issue. It was at the point to where the law enforcement in Hammond said, we are not even equipped to deal with whatever's going to happen. So they shut down their entire fireworks display, everything for the 4th. It's like, you need to watch this on TV because we ain't about to do nothing out here in these streets. You know, in Cleveland, overnight for the 4th of July, there were eight different shootings involving 10 people in a small area of Cleveland where it was just tit for tat throughout the entire night, eight different occasions of where they were shooting. And they had down in Anaheim here in California, 22-year-old was shot with their dresses a gang-related shooting. Lompoc, also here in California, three people shot dead over over some petty stuff, you know. And and that's just the violent side of the game. That's just the shooting. Our our babies are being exposed. Our babies aren't being protected. Our women aren't being protected. Grandma and grandpa is not being protected. You know, we ain't even safe out here in these streets like that. No, not at all. You know? um, that one particular piece that you said, and I want to go back to that before I go into some of the 4th of July shootings, that property piece, property trumps humans. Yes. No pun intended. When you think about that, as you broke it down, I understand what was going on. That's why I said, yo. They're going after fireworks yeah. before they even thinking about going after guns. Yeah. Now, when you look at it, and as you broke down how it is being shown in the light of how you explained it, when you like, yo, that makes so much damn sense. Like, bah. But we don't even have that cognitive thinking because we don't process anything like that because we just believe that yo, the police are trying to do as best as they can or they just don't care. No. It's not the fact that they just don't care or they're doing the best that they can. Like, that's not what their focus is on. That's, that's, not, that's not the assignment that they were sent the for. Yeah. If the assignment was get all guns, operation, take guns off the block, they would do it. Like, it's operation, take drug dealers off the block. We're going to get um, Ray Ray, Juju, John John. It's going to be that. Yeah, not to cut you off, if you remember after Katrina, down when Bush was president, and they had martial law down there in New Orleans, yeah. the the law enforcement got together and went door to door, seizing all the registered firearms. Mm. When the police want your guns, when they want to get guns off the street, they don't get they'll do it. The yeah. They went door to door, and anybody who had a registered firearm, it was confiscated, they still never got their guns yeah. back. Yeah, well. But I'm saying, but but they, so when people are like, oh, we can't do it, or they, no, no, no. Do whatever they, they want to do. Yeah. And that just, just clearly showed me the discrepancy of how, and don't get me wrong, I believe that, you know, because we have such that season of fires every year, yeah. I get that. But let's not pretend <laughs> that you can't use that same muscle, that same manpower, that same sense of urgency to get these guns off the streets. Yeah. When I look at what's been going on here in Sacramento, a lot of that peace talk going back to that was a was a show it was showboating. It was trying to say we are going to do something because I'm getting pressured from people that voted me in and people that said I thought this was the newer Oak Park, right? Yeah. That's Curtis not Park. the people. Yeah, right. Like that's Curtis not Park. that's not the people that currently live there for, you know, ever in a day. It's the new bodies gentrification right, that Come have on. gentrified that area. 
then when you look at Mr. Pussy Grabber himself, 45, making good on his promise, but then at the same time bringing the troops to Chicago, Chicago still was Chicago. Yeah. So what did it really change? Then my own personal 4th of July episode where I had to drive to Bakersfield with one of my youth for the second summer in a row. One of my youth, one of my kids, one of my daughters, as I call her, Alizé Weber, was fighting for her life as she got shot on her birthday at 209, 21st birthday, and being at the 4th of July, her having to fight for her life and losing her boyfriend in the middle of that and dealing with the police and they basically saying that they're not going to really do anything until uh, after the 4th of July. Yeah. Like they literally said, we're probably not going to work on this till after because there's going to be probably nobody to talk to. But then I'm looking at the news and there's bus after bus after bus. And to speak upon the violence that we have, we have such a concern for this. You can't disrespect me or... I am going to let off or get off on you before you can get off on me. Yeah. I feel that your life is worth nothing, that we have no care in the world. Doesn't matter if it's a woman, if it's a child, the sensitivity of a lot of these quote unquote shooters. And I don't believe any of these shooters are all gangsters. Yeah. It's to the point that cats are just having guns and they're shooting. I talked to one of the young boys. He said, man, who isn't a shooter? So it's not even, you know, on your application, you have to have some type of, of you know, credit or some type of uh, machismo or yeah. some type of real gangster to be a shooter. You just have to have a gun and go off. Yeah, it's opposite now. If, if you can't quite grasp what that is, it's not the tough guy. No one. You're, you're worried more about the scared guy. You ain't got to be no thug. And mm -hmm. so that moment of me having to drive down there and again for the second year in a row, like I said, I've had another big incident and all these kids I love, but these kids that I really have these long and real personal relationships with their family, themselves. I've done so many things with them to watch them grow through the years and to watch this situation happen to her. The call I got from her mother and on the 4th of July, her birthday, when I was about to text her, it's so surreal because these things you don't think should happen to these kids. Yeah. They're like, she's not a girl that should be involved in this. I would have expected her mom to call me, oh, guess who's pregnant? Yeah. Or, oh, so-and-so got jumped or she got a DUI. Something like that. Yeah. But for her to not only see her boyfriend be killed take six shots to her little small frame body lets me know how much the violence has really no view on who or what when. It's just about body count. Body count, body count, body count. And I think that's the problem. We have a sick world and we have a sicker young generation that no longer looks at life as valuable. Them and the person that they're going after because what they don't understand that the more than likely 
you're eventually going to get caught, especially when you have people like myself who has that loved one fighting for their life. And I'm going to do everything in my power to get justice. If it's not going to be street justice, it's going to be some other kind of justice because I do know one thing. Once you put pressure on those boys, they're going to work it. Once the cry, the outrage starts coming, yeah. they're going to have to take the case a whole lot more seriously. And you watch certain things happen a lot faster than less. Definitely. And, and a lot of times they don't address stuff until they quote unquote have to. And if you're somebody who can't quite believe that the police department wouldn't address a shooting or a homicide because they had to address fireworks, uh, something to take into consideration. And, and that's why I prefaced it by the, the capitalism that is the United States of America. It all comes down to the dollar. And so when you have areas like if the Oak Park area for Sacramento is a lower income area by property value. And so the people who put the pressure on the law enforcement department coming through for fireworks weren't the people who lived directly in Oak Park. They were the people who lived adjacent to Oak Park because the issue is not they said you need to go in there and confiscate these fireworks because what they're going to do is they're going to shoot them off. And they're going to leave that area when they're in the sky. So let's let, let's just real quick. Okay. So you personally believe that it necessarily wasn't about the firearms and the shootings. You personally believe that the call for action in Oak Park was mostly a smokescreen to have more active law enforcement from other um, agencies to be there to deal with the fireworks. Yes. Because you're confiscating fireworks from people who have firearms. So when you, you can't just send in the, the Johnny on the street parking in, enforcement agent, you know, to go into these areas and, and confiscate from these places because you're, you're talking to people who are packing. Mm. So if you're going to go in there aggressively to round up all these illegal firearms, you need a group of people who are trained to do this. So they brought in the aggressive more elite, more efficient tactical group to come through. And so that's why it was SWAT and gang enforcement agencies that were rounding up all these illegal fireworks. And if you're somebody who's like, well, you know, if, like I said, because for some people, they can't grasp that. This <laughs> is where, because for real, like it, it, they just, but no, we don't put money first. Well, you may be new to America. So since in this capitalist society. Wait, wait, wait real quick. Why do, why, like, why do people still hold on to that, that dream that, idea that America is just the greatest place and there's no way that it's money over people. Because depending upon your tax bracket is that your money may be greater than those people. <laughs> so if you're somebody who, who, who has means and you have resources and you have property and you have value and equity and money, the laws are in, put in place to protect you. So for you, it's like, no, my tax dollars are paying for that. So here's just a, a, a real basic economics that goes along with, with the violence and the police presence. So just using Oak Park as, a, as, a, as an instance, but there's an Oak Park in every major city across America. You've got your community that you can apply this to. And so when you're in an area where it's lower income, that there's less businesses, you'll find strip malls or there may be only one or two shops that are open. A uh, bunch of rundown areas. The property tax that is collected is very low for those areas. Mm. 
The property tax is what pays for the law enforcement. It's oh. what pays for the people to come through and keep the parks clean. Oh. It's what pays for your, your fire department presence, oh. paramedics, all the community-based stuff. That's how you get those street lights fixed. That's how you get, oh. All that stuff comes out of those taxes from those areas. So know why your shit's looking fucked up. You got to understand what my man is breaking down to you right now. Yeah. So if you pay live, attention, motherfuckers. So when you live in one of those areas, that's the case. Now here, if you are in an area that's adjacent to where the property value is higher, there's more flourishing businesses. There is more money being made where you live. So when you're saying my tax dollars pay for this, I don't have an issue with law enforcement. We are more than enough staffed here because we have more than enough money over here. Yeah. You need to go over there where those people are and, and address them. And you're, they're not going over to address them as A to B, like we need to correct this problem. We're being sent over to address these people. That is a completely different interaction between people. It's one thing if, if an officer happens to come across you and catch you with something, and so now his job is to address it accordingly, yeah. as another when he's directed and told, go over there and get these things from these people. That whole interaction is different. And so when it comes to, well, we have a, a shooting and we need law enforcement and detectives on the case to address this. No, we were already given our orders last week mm. about what we're going to be doing all day on Tuesday. Mm. We were already directed by all these homes, these three quarter of a million dollar homes, all these prominent people in the community, people work at the Capitol, all the industry around here. Sacramento is a lot of money. And in most major cities, that's the case, too. And so. They already told us how we're spending this four-day weekend. Yeah, because if one of these bottle rockets ends up in one of these more prominent homes, you know, roof, and these houses catch on fire, or this major area over here burns up, this golf course goes up, any of those issues because you guys didn't do what we told you to do two weeks ago, there's going to be hell to pay. Yeah, that's the difference where property trumps people. Because the people who it's going to affect do not economically have a voice or a vote. They're just going to be at the you're just going to deal with what happens to you. Yeah, they're going to deal with the repercussions of whatever they um, are being told or set forth for them. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not in a position to, to, to say anything. And, and saying that is, is that it, it's across the nation, whether it be gun violence, whether it be uh, issues where police priorities what they're there for. Well, yeah, we have a we have a longstanding issue right now, like not years ago, not last week, literally of the last five days where there has been, like I said, we're not safe. No. People feel free, like they're independent. They feel independent to do what they want. They are following the blueprint of this nation where they're going out, taking what they want and just doing what they want to other people. And if that's what we're calling free, if that's what we're calling somebody and being independent, where are we drawing the line or what are we going to do about this? You know, we have people who are shooting each other because we feel like they can. You know, we have people who are messing with our children without fear of repercussion. Well, I mean, the thing about it, I mean, you live in a chaotic situation, or excuse me, a chaotic society, which creates chaotic situations because when, first of all, those who are sworn to protect and serve, they can walk, you know, with amnesty and never get punished for nothing. Yeah. You're going to go try that as well. When you have most of the communities that we're talking about, when there's no investment being put in, the only investment is being put in when they put them out. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, then then what do you do? So then you kind of go into this Mad Max 
way of thinking. And, and you look at this as uh, the Thunderdome, so to yeah. speak. And it's every man for himself. And when you have every man for himself, you have people becoming a product of their environment. So if you're raised animalistic, you're going to be an animal. And you don't see anyone else but the way you see yourself. It doesn't matter that that person isn't a part of the life. You get into a conflict with that person, automatically you're going to believe that that person is now your sworn enemy. That person is a animal just like me. And you're going to go bite before they go bite you. I yeah. mean, it definitely is one of those things where I I have been a part of so much of this community violence that it, it gets it gets so tiresome because you're trying to figure out like what what is this all coming from? Like, y'all don't know the plan. Y'all don't get the the game plan that has been set for us to eliminate ourselves. Then when you go to our counterparts, I like to say that word, the counterparts. Yeah. But when we go into that. They never can understand what we're discussing or what we're feeling or what we're saying because they always want to stand it to well, black on black crime. One of the dumbest phrases, one of the dumbest uh, things to try to put black folks community violence in a box as if we're the only community that shoots each other down. When yeah. If you look at it statistically, everybody likes to kill each other in their own culture, right? And we just get it highlighted a lot more because we are, I want to say, the, um, what's the word? You just about to, you made me miss up my word. Scapegoat. There you go. Thank yeah. you for helping me. So you was about to jump in and then you was about to, you took me off my thought. But we are the scapegoat yeah. for all this. Then that creates what we have right now. And being that fact that we are scapegoats, I think that we fall in to the peer pressure of a lot of these stereotypes that makes these young men and women feel like this is what I have to do. And so if I have to do it because it's been programmed in my mind that this is what we do, yeah. then they do. Yeah, and, and, and I wasn't trying to interrupt you, but going along with what you're saying. You no, no, it's not even a, a, a culture thing. It's not even a culture thing. It's the, the crimes that are committed is out of passion and proximity. You, you genuinely have an emotional connection to the person. Like, I just like you. You cheated on me. Yeah. You stole something. Whether there's a passionate or you just happen to geographically be close to me. Yeah. You know, it, it, and so, but that's everybody. You know, women are more likely statistically to get in a fist fight with another woman. How often do you hear about woman on woman crime? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like when would you ever, ever hear the phrase woman on woman yeah, crime? And that's, and that's the thing that. <laughs> Black on black crime. Like let's let let's like what does that mean? Yeah. Like what is that saying? Like black on black crime. I don't understand that. Yeah, because black people typically live near each other. So so you you if I <laughs> typically and I'm more comfortable with you, yeah. like myself, I'm a black guy and I'm more comfortable dating black women, right? Yeah. You, you know, I've I've had the other, but that's what I'm more familiar with, more yeah. used to. So in the same sense, like it sounds crazy, but that's the same thing with crime. You know, I'm more than likely to probably rob someone black, even though the white guy might be richer. <laughs> Statistically, I mean, yeah. So, but that's the, the that's the narrative that is only applied to black people because you never hear Latino on Latino. Asian crime is all in house. Oh. 
God. Like if you go across the nation, if there's an Asian issue, it is in house, and most do, of the time, law enforcement not even called. Do, do, like, do do other do Asians get robbed anybody else? Like, not really. The cars if they like do, it is swiftly addressed. Like, it, 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 I'm not going to say it never happens. Yeah, but I mean, but, it, but it's, they they they're they're. But see, then again, by and large, it's going to be by another Asian. Yeah, and then again, I, and I don't want to throw stereotypes at all, but at the same time. Usually, when blacks are targeting Asians, they're targeting for a purpose and a reason. It's not because it's not random. Asian. It's not no random shit. No, and, and so and those are the cases where uh, legally they have a, a, a term where are your hands clean? So uh, if if you're committing a crime and I'm kidding committing a crime, and then I do something against you, we kind of throw out the whole, you know, who's the victim? Because both of you were doing dirt. Yeah. So usually it's more of those issues. It's you were selling drugs. I found out you had money that you were stockpiling from selling drugs. So I robbed you for the money that you made from selling drugs. Yeah. Like it's, it's nobody's hands are clean. It's just it's, it's along that line. But why all this stuff ties in and when we talk about, you know, why I think it ties into the, the capitalist side is how we put property over people is that we – Property, you can exchange property for dollars yeah. and just it's just dollars over people. Yeah. There's not the value of another human being. We don't care who we exploit. We don't care how old, how young. We don't care uh, what it does to them, the ramifications to the family, to the community, anything. Because you're thinking about trying to get yours before anything else. Yeah. And when that's become the adapted society, because we all sit there and say, you know, everyone questions society, but then they always remove themselves of. Yeah. I mean, society's crazy. Well, you do realize that you're part of society, right? Oh, well, that's different. Um, but when that becomes the thought process for society and we'll put a dollar value over a human being, even if your intent isn't money, you still live in a space where human value is decreased. Because property was what? The main asset that helped the American economy. And the yeah. property was who? It so, was humans. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Literally. Like, like and it's not even interrupt you. That's like, a real like, truth. Like literally, the only thing that that the only income that has supplemented slavery became real estate. Yeah. Like financially for the for the economy of the United States of America, the supplement for, for slavery, the the complement became the convict lease program. But for the outside world, the average pedestrian, real estate was what when became the big boom. So when you argue back and forth and you look at how we're connecting the dots and we talk about this property value and people get frustrated and when they say we got to leave this stuff in the past how can you leave it in the past when literally humans were property of somebody yeah now we go into future right here current present the same thing but now it's actually things that um are more, more materialistic right these yeah. are things that are uh like houses, you know, cars, these all these different things. And when you look at the fact that we're doing so much damage as a black community to our own property, but spending most of the time getting out of our properties, then get frustrated when they take our properties, yeah. <laughs> it becomes to me like, when are we going to finally get it? To own it, to own up to it and say this is how we're going to solve all of our property issues by claiming and holding on to our property. So 
part of the issue that we have and that goes along with that for people who think that the past was a past and what is how does that apply now so because of the end of the the, the independence of, of the quote unquote united states in 1776 it was 90 years later before the emancipation proclamation so the united states had nearly a century to to be its own entity to do what it was going to do while the hands were tied back literally shackled back by by africans so for that century america and everybody who they wanted included got to prosper build and move forward yeah. after the proclamation the emancipation proclamation then it came into you go into uh jim crow for another hundred years so you go into you know um all the, the coded laws and really just being it was against the law to be black anyway. Yeah, black oats. So then you now have another century of, of black people's hands being tied behind you know, their back. That, stop talking about that's in the past. Well, but, so, but where we're at as a people, because and some of this is for us to understand. No, I know. I, I'm just I'm being no, totally no, sarcastic. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I got you. And so if, if you're saying where are we moving forward? So we are now roughly 200 years behind. And we're doing everything now that those other groups did then, except now the rules have changed. Definitely. So what was acceptable behavior for every other culture in that 200 year leap no longer is applicable to us. So we can't do all these other these. If you came over, if you're Italian, if you were all this, everybody came up on crime. Yeah. Everybody came up on extortion, on rape, robbery, bootlegging, uh, the drug dealing of their era, uh, extortion through law enforcement and cor like corruption is what built this country. <laughs> so all the groups that got a foothold and got themselves in position did it illegally. Yeah. Now, black people who are, who are <laughs> now working off of about 40 years now of that 200 year head start. Yeah. Look at the, the all the crimes that we commit are the same crimes that were committed and before we get jailed for that shit. So if you're saying statistically, where is it going to level out? If you're a pessimist about another hundred and sixty years, if you're saying, how do we catch up and bridge the gap? We have to be honest about how we got here, what behaviors that we're doing and what behaviors we're not going to tolerate anymore, because the problem that we have is, is that. We give passes to stuff. Too many passes. And we keep people around that don't need to be around anymore. That's why the people that shot my little girl, one of my daughters, I could care two dams what happens to them. They can't be rehabilitated. They're cowards. And let the justice system or street justice do as they may. Not condoning anything, but I, I understand I'm, your sentiment. I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm condoning it. However, because like you said, there is going to be a point to where we're going to have a to ha going to have to have a black civil war before we can even get into the nitty gritty of dealing with white supremacy. Because there is too many Negroes poisoned. There's too many Negroes that are the R. Kelly's. There's too many Negroes that are um, the Bill Cosby's. There's too many Negroes that are the OJ's, the Jason Whitlock's. There's too many of these Negroes that walk around here. And there's so many more to count. Uh, the, the, if you want to call the young thugs and all of these other Negroes that, that spew this bullshit, there's just too many of them that cannot be turned around, that don't want to be turned around and just believe where they're at is what it is. And because the lifestyle and the culture is adored and they get paid, yeah. I can't knock them. 
they're getting paid for ignorance. Yeah. You know, sign me up. I was probably one of them young boys that was doing because I didn't know. But now that I know and I know there's more education and there's more things. And to be honest with you, like the money is so different now. You get so much more money by absolutely doing nothing when you get to that stage and to that level. Once you pop, bro, you can go walk into a club and get 10 racks, $30,000. Just for showing up. Just for showing up. Not even performing. Just just for for showing showing up. up. So I really have started to think about that. Because even in the fact that I was there in Bakersfield, I watched ignorance right before my eyes as this young girl was fighting amongst family members, amongst people on the outside. And it was just kind of like, yo, some of y'all ain't going to be able to make it. And I have said to myself, if it broke out right now, I'm okay with having a gun and shooting my cousin in the head if he doesn't want to go the way we need to go. Because some of these niggas have to go. That is the reason why there are people that can sit there and say black on black crime. That's the reason why there are people that can sit there and say black lives don't matter. Because most Negroes look at each other as they are the enemy, that they are the threat. When in reality, we just trying to get by just like everyone else, man. Yeah, and and I think that it's and, and I, I, I appreciate that because I think there's a there's a part of history that we leave out. So if you look at the probably the last greatest era of, of black economics growth and building in the United States is something that's referred to as Black Wall Street. That 20s, is seen nineteen thirties and twenties, right? Twenties, yep. That is seen as the pinnacle. Uh, you know, you can go to the Harlem Renaissance and all that, but when you start looking at of uh, the infrastructure that was built out there, so if you're not familiar, this is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where a, a group of black people came together and it was bus lines, schools, hospitals, uh, everything. It was a, a self-contained infrastructure of 100 percent black people. And, but the part that, that gets left out is, is that this is slavery ended roughly 1870, depending upon where you lived. Yeah. If your state decided to act right. This was already flourishing and prosperous by the 1920s. Mm. So you're talking about one generation outside of slavery built. The other one kind of capped off. How they did that was they left a lot of people behind. Mm. There were a lot of people. This was in Oklahoma. So what happened is you had slaves who were freed in Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, uh, North Carolina, all the way up east. And a lot of them was like, we need to go somewhere and start start straight. So it was kind of like the best and brightest of the era made their way like minded people to this part of the nation and built up. There's a lot of Negroes who got left in Georgia, who got left in Florida, who got left in Mississippi, who got who got left in Arkansas and Tennessee and and, uh, all points east. Because if they weren't with the program. We're not waiting. They got to go. Yeah, they're like, we're not waiting. Yeah, because you have to understand, too, that some some of us, we're not all been here the same amount of time. So you had some slaves who were first generation slaves. They came in the mid 1800s. You had others whose families had been here since the 1700s. So they were three, four generations deep and completely brainwashed into the system. So you had some who couldn't leave slavery. They were they were Stockholm syndrome where they had completely embraced and were enamored by their captors and oppressors. They were so in love with the system that they couldn't shake it even when they were told to go away. Like that dog that you keep throwing, leave, leave, and they just won't leave the house. So we had to leave a bunch of them behind. There's not a big, huge black presence in Oklahoma. It wasn't a huge, big, it wasn't a big group of black people that migrated to Oklahoma. It was a certain group of people that migrated to Oklahoma. And 
So for some cases, it may require getting physical to shake some of them off. Others, it might just be, look, we just won't have to walk this road. If you can run and catch up later, great. But if not, good luck to you. Some Negroes ain't going to be saved because here's what you just said. You said a, pro, a great and excellent piece. If the Negro was so okay with being with the slave master who's yeah. whooping his ass. Yeah. Right. He's whooping his ass. Yes. Raping his children and his wife. And him. And him. We, we That gets left out of the history and, books and, a lot. And him, because we don't want to talk about the white homosexuality. The, See, there's, two, there's, like, there's a few things that white folk hate to the, talk about. That was a big one. They want to talk about, they hate to talk about the homosexuality that started a lot of that slavery. And as well as they hate to talk about they were the first deadbeat daddies. But let me not even go on yeah. right now. Good old Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, most definitely Thomas <laughs> Jefferson. Some of our forefathers yeah. that we have our to... Our fondling fathers. Our, yeah. our, our forefathers that we have to raise up. And when you look at that, you detail it. Now, here, currently present, what the hell would a Negro really think if you're telling him right now, hey, bruh, leave this $2.5 million a week job because... It's ran by that brother who's a racist pig. That nigga will look like you like you got shit in your face. Hmm. Now that they're getting paid the luxuries that they've never get paid. Remember, we barely wanted to leave some of us when we were getting our ass handed to us. Yeah. Right? One of the most horrific conditions on a human our being ass, can suffer. I mean, we still here's didn't a cup of piss and drink. Yeah. Now, that's why I said one of the greatest tricks, even greater than slavery, was when you gave the Negro millions of dollars. When you gave the Negro access and money, that Negro was done because now we have access because even though when you look at outside of slavery and different things of that nature, they would pay us, but they didn't want us around. Hmm. So it's like, no, here's this, here's this, here's this line, bro. You know, you got your little check, go that way. But now it's like, check it out. We're going to double the bill and we're going to sit there and say, it's okay for you to hang out with us. And even go one, you can have some of our women. The Negro is made. And so that's why I say this civil black civil war and not trying to go too off subject with what we got. No, okay. But at the same particular time, that before we even engage or address the other things that we have to deal with is going to have to happen. Because some of these Negroes can't wake up, clean up or, 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 or get shipped out because, again, when Daddy Daycare is giving them such a price tag to where even you and I would probably kind of shake our head and think, well, maybe from getting our asses handed to us to getting millions of dollars and access, that's going to be hard to get them off that dope. Yeah, because uh, 100%. And, and if some people don't quite grasp that, because there's some who don't, uh, it's much easier to deal with somebody when you give them things, because when somebody is your 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 flat out enemy, when you Superman to Lex Luthor, you Batman to the Joker, like you were just arch enemies and there's a clear cut line and there's no gray area. That's where you have problems, because it's like there's no exception. It's it is what it is. This is the enemy. But when this is the person that's giving you money, giving you food, hooking you up, letting you kick it, yeah. letting you roll. And then you start picking and choosing amongst the group who you want with you. With no real consistency, yeah. then it turns into 
nah, because he so-and-so, and no, and he hooked up such-and-such, and he's paying, and then it turns into the lotto. How anyone could potentially win the lottery, that degree of, no, it can't, the system can't be that bad because homie next door just got got a deal. Well, they let Michael Jackson get millions, well, so why can't you? Yeah, so once you start getting all those exceptions, it throws it off. But addressing the, the, the Civil War side of the game, uh, because we're going to have to have some, some code of conduct, some rules, and some etiquette, because addressing the uh, dude out of Maryland, the the track coach, oh. who is now locked up, wow. uh, may he rest in piss, because uh, I'm sure someone's going to get him. Wow. Uh, HIV positive, uh, former teacher's assistant, who was arrested for production, not, not possession, this is important, production of child pornography and the sexual so assault. Can, so production meaning that he was recording? He's the recorder. Possession can simply be if you saw something on the internet or yeah. somebody sent it to you, you downloaded something. Hell, you just had somebody handed you a blank DVD and it's in your house. That can be possession of child pornography. But he's production. His is production. So what was he doing? Was he in so the he, producing what? He's, he, he's what? in, it's him with the middle-aged, middle school aged children. They have 10 right now. Looks like there's going to be more names that are going to come out. He's HIV positive, sexually assaulting. He got charged with... Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. So he is having sex with them. Uh, sexual misconduct can be everything from fondling to oral and stuff. And he's to, recording it. He's recording it. And so he's making the greatest hits. And so the the and the issue with that is is that he also, because of they looked at... You can see where stuff is. They were able to trace that some of that stuff was recorded on school grounds. So he was he was a, a teacher's assistant, the track coach, and he was he had access to all these children. And not only was he a pedophile, a child molester, he's HIV positive. What the fuck do Negroes think? Like I, I sometimes and you see that's what again again going back to Black Civil War. What in the what in the dark, twisted, sick mind frame do you have to be? To where, first of all, you're, you're you're touching little boys, yeah. right? Secondly, it's like dog. It's at the school. It's eventually the shit's going to crash in your face. I don't give a damn if you got a 15 run. I don't if you care if you got a, a 20, 10, 5. It's eventually it's it, it just can't. You can't. It can't. You be had the Sandusky gift. who was at Penn State for Listen, decades. It can't be the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. And then at the same time, like, how do you go to sleep at night? How do you go to sleep at night knowing that you're taking advantage of these boys who really, truly don't even really understand their sexuality? They're probably confused, kind of fan. Well, I don't really know. I I like, you don't, they don't, they're not in that moment. And here you come around with your little weapon of mass destruction in your hand, your little cell phone, or you ain't coming up with a candy cam, who knows? I don't, I don't know the fullest details, but it was... And a, you're really going that deep? And the issue with that is, so they've tested the children. None of them have tested positive yet, but they're not done testing all the children. And then they're going to have to test them again in six months. So, I mean, think about what that does to the kid. Let's just say, all best case scenario, nobody tests positive. The psychological ramifications of what that'll do to a child, like the molestation is going to be horrific. Then you have to explain to the child that you may have contracted HIV from this fucking loser. Uh, I got a person like the 
no gray area for me when it comes to that shit. So there, there's, you know, there's some crimes that I can sit there and say if you was doing something for money, if, if you, you know, what I'm saying there's, I can have gray area on certain there's crimes. No there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no gray area for me with go. this. You gotta go. None whatsoever for me for this. But why I you say you can't be rehabilitated, which is why all this stuff that comes into line where I talk about the decreased value of human beings is because it's so accepted in our society. It brings us to another thing out here in California where now our our young girls. Minus boys, because we had an issue with she was 16 running hoes. 16 year old girl out of, out of Tulare, California, was a, a befriending younger girls, 12, 13, 14, and then started working as their pimp. And she was put, put, taking their pictures and posting their pictures up on prostitution sites and then going over to motels, meeting grown ass men. And the, the girls would run away on the weekend, quote unquote, run away. You know, I can't pick a fight with the parents. I can't take this, okay. run out the house and run away for the weekend. And they were turning tricks over the weekends and then coming back home Sunday night, Monday morning. The story that you said does not surprise me because I work with a lot of foster youth and they more often talk about that right there. Yeah. Like women have gotten this empowerment. They're saying, well, why do I need you, the P.I.? Or at least what they used to call them. I could do this all myself. Not only can I do it all myself, I can run me my own hose. And yeah. so here, this story is it's something that doesn't even shock me. But this again is our society. That's where we're at now. We value property. We don't value life. We no. don't value people. We value the property. Exactly. That's what we value. So I see you as my property. I see you as making profit. And at the end of the day, it's been glorified so often with the music. For, and it's not the men just saying it. Yeah. It's the women. Women watch these TV shows, they get influenced. Yeah. And then it's the abuse. If they've been subjected to this abuse, exactly. This then enters into their own psychological kind of dysfunction that now I have to do what someone did to me I must abuse and you don't even think about the ramifications because you're just like whatever it's it's, it's they it, don't even consciously think about nah, it man it's, it's just, just auto just let me do it yeah because I mean who's these, control we address these types of things of what's going on out here in the nation because everybody talks about being independent. Yeah, well, everybody I... talks about being free, the ability to do what they want when they want. But when you have a society that is quote unquote that kind of free, there's no fence around the yard, there's no ramifications, there's no there's there's no checks and balances to the behavior. And if we don't have that within our society, within our communities, within our households, you start getting these people out there who are trying to truly live the American dream, the pursuit of life, liberty, the life, liberty and the pursuit of property, which is the original. Text. <laughs> it wasn't happiness. It was the pursuit. But they, tw but they twisted it to happiness because there's always major. Um, what is it? There's always major wordplay in these situations, man. There's always something that they're trying to hide from you. You think one way when it's really the other way. The infamous Kansas City Shuffle. You love the and, Kansas City Shuffle. Man, because it's so real. 
So we, we, we see these things that are going on in society that we have to become involved and engaged. We can't just be asleep at the wheel and expect this system to come in and clean these things up, to address these things for us, to, to do these things that they may say in the commercial or on the bumper sticker. But false advertisement, man. if you're not sure how it really works, this is a capitalist society and it's money that makes things move. And until the system changes and it may never uh, we have to be more engaged with people yes. and care about the individual and care about ourselves. And when stuff is going on, to be involved, to be active, to apply what we know, and ultimately and most definitely to say something. Definitely say something. Um, you know, shouts out to my people out there in Bakersfield. Uh, my daughter again, her family, her mom, who's a rock dad. You know. Uh, my nephews and stuff like that. Just shouts out to all the family members, man. Hold strong to your young boy that lost his life, who never was able to change up whatever he might have been into or just grow up and just see life dead at 21. I'm very distraught. Um, hopefully it doesn't sound like that on the show, but I am very frustrated. Um, as you can hear me from my Civil War rant, just it's, it's, it's very tiring being a part of these moments, having to figure out a way to create a landscape to get justice because they don't push the issue until you push the issue and you want to be there for your loved one that is fighting the good fight. And this girl is fighting the good fight. She took six shots, yo, one in the head. And that's the one that we got to really focus on. Most people just die off of one shot. I had a young man last year. He died off of one shot. The bullet exploded in his stomach and it was done. He only lasted two days. We got three days. She's making some progress, but she still, you know, she still needs all the prayers and help and love. And I, I just, I just can't stand these cowards, man. These cowardly acts. It just, it's just so, it's, it's too, it's too much. It's, we got to get some sense. We got to start working with our young people in a major way. That's why I sacrifice so much of my own self to be in these young people's lives and do as whatever I can. I'm committed to it because I don't want to have to deal with moments like that because family members, mothers, fathers shouldn't deal with this, especially when they do right by their child. Uh, very, very important to get involved. And where can people find you to find out more information on, on how's there any post, anything going on? Where can people find you social media wise? Facebook, Barry Axis, B-E-R-Y-A-C-C-I-U-S. Twitter, same thing. And of course, at Team Voy, T-E-A-M-V-O-Y at Instagram. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook, every other social media platform. It is at J Morris CEO. We appreciate you for listening. And for everybody out there across the board dealing with everything this week, keep your head up, keep strong. And say something. I'm Jermaine Morris here with Barry Axis. And until next show, yes, we'll holler at you later.